This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hello and welcome to the show. Today I'm going to be talking about how to communicate with the clients you have in your pet business while we're on lockdown with coronavirus. And I'm recording this episode on the 1st of April 2020, so we are exactly a week into lockdown. Lots of people have had to close the business, um, and as you'll know if you've listened to a few other episodes, I run a Facebook group which has got lots of pet businesses in there, and in there um, I get a lot of feedback about how people are getting on, how they're feeling, where they're at, and how they're coping right now. And I'm recording this podcast um, in response to that, really, because I had a couple of conversations over the weekend with um, a couple of clients who I've worked with about how they were feeling about staying in touch with um, people who who are either clients or former clients or who might use their products and services um, and how they felt felt that things were a little bit difficult and they felt a little bit of paralysis around keeping in touch with people. Um, I think it's really important um, to recognise that these are unprecedented times. We've never had to deal with anything like this. Um, and it's really scary, not just for us physically, where we're worrying for our, ourselves and our health and our friends and our family and our loved ones, but also we, we just don't know what the future holds, really. Um, and I think we do, you know, we, we keep hearing that we need to keep showing up, keep turning up on social media and stay in touch with people um, and be present and all those things. But sometimes it can be hard to know what to say. Um, and it can be hard to find the words to to kind of put together and express how you feel. Sometimes you can feel that, you know, you might question whether it's right to go on social media or to go on your website or send out an email newsletter to your clients and actually be really honest about what's going on in your world and how you're feeling right now. And and that can lead to some, it can lead to a kind of paralysis, really. And in at this moment in time, feeling like you can't say anything Um, It's a difficult situation for people to be in. And with that in mind, I have created a coronavirus support programme. And it's going to be starting next week. So as I say, we are on 1st of April, Wednesday. Um, So it's going to be starting uh, next week, which will be week beginning the 6th of April. Um, And what I'm going to be doing there is I'm I'm going to be supporting pet business owners. And we're going to be talking about ways to communicate, ways to stay in touch, Um, And we're also going to be talking about blogging because that's one of my areas of expertise. Um, I help pet businesses with media coverage and I also help them with blogging as well. So um, I think blogging is really important for business owners um, and having that kind of regular core piece of content. Um, So I'm going to be talking about blogging. We'll be learning about blogging on the programme, but we'll also be talking about the different stages that you might go through in your communications and how to keep coming up with ideas, keep responding to your clients and keep those those um, communication channels open really so when you come out of this on the other side you've not been missing in action um, for 12 weeks potentially you've stayed in touch with your clients they know where you are they know what you're doing they know you know how things are in your world and they will feel supported and then they you know that you can pick up where you left off so um, when I was planning this episode I wrote I had the words of a Ronan Keating song you say it best when you say nothing at all uh, kept popping into my head My feeling is you don't say it best when you say nothing at all, Um, but if you are struggling in showing up um, and knowing what to say, then please do send me a direct message. The cost of the programme is £99. 
I want to make it really affordable. So I'm spreading that over three months. So it's only £33 a month. We have only got a few spaces left. So please let me know if you're interested. Um, and I will wrap it up now. As well, oh, sorry, as well as the programme, you also get my Kickstart Your Pet Business blog course. Um, you get four weeks of group coaching. The course is something that you can work through in your own time. It tells you all you need to know about blogging and it's got templates and other things that you might find useful in there. And you also get a 30 minute one to one with me as well. So we'll have a call. So that's all for £99, making it super affordable. The cost is over three months. And um, so if you'd like to find out more about that, then please drop me a line. And now I'm going to go on with the rest of the show. So the theme of the show today is going to be about how to keep in touch with your pet business clients while we're on lockdown. So this is something you're worried about. Are you worried about how you're going to keep in touch with clients while we're on lockdown because of coronavirus? You might worry that you might run out of things to say or come across as being insensitive or annoying. But I do really believe that it's much better to cut, better to say something than say nothing. Um, and please don't worry that you're going to come across as being offensive or pushy or anything like that. I just think now is the time to, um, you know, to be there, be present and be there for your clients. Um, it's a really scary time for everybody. As I said earlier, you know, we're all worried about our health, our families, um, you know, all the people around us. And it's really scary as well if we're self-employed um, because we're really scared about, you know, how our businesses will get through this and whether we're going to survive. So if you're listening in the UK, um, then you'll be aware that last week we were given a lifeline by the government the week before we um, the week before we were told that self, that people who were employed would be given 80% of their salary during lockdown if they weren't being paid by their employer um, and last week um, last week the chancellor basically said that they would they would create the same kind of package for self-employed people so self-employed people will get 80% of the average of their monthly earnings over the past 3 years and if you've got a year if you only have a year of tax tax returns they will give you 80% of that um, so it does mean that we do have that little bit of security. When you're self-employed here in the UK, um, there's lots of different ways you can go about that. Some people are limited companies, um, some people are sole traders. So um, if you're a limited company, I'm a limited company myself, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So the situation I'm in is that I, um, I won't be able to take advantage of the 80% um, support from the government. I'm a limited company. And um, I do actually have some savings from when my dad passed away a few years ago. So for me, I'm I'm carrying on. Um, I'm pushing through this. I'm still working really hard, actually, um, in trying to um, build build this new business, my online business. And I'm also working as a journalist as well and pitching in stories. Um, the great news is um, that that newspapers and journalists really want to hear about community projects that are going on right now, where people are doing great things to support the community. So if you are doing something fantastic to help people, then there are lots of media opportunities to be had. A couple of podcasts ago, I did um, I did a, I did an episode on how to pitch to the media if you've got stories around coronavirus. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, I've actually had some really great success stories out of my publicity for pet businesses program. So Suzanne Gould was from Edinburgh Holistic Dogs. She was in The Telegraph last week, which was fantastic. The Telegraph is a large newspaper here in the UK. And she was talking about how she's offering um, support for owners on lockdown. She's got a Facebook group where she supports them. And one of the other ladies, Claire Lawrence, she's doing the same over in Derbyshire. She has high peak dogs and she's got like a challenge that's going on. Um, so she's had some brilliant radio coverage where she's been sharing expert advice on how to help your dog cope 
during lockdown so that's fantastic for them so um please be assured if you are looking to um to connect with the media and to talk about what you're doing in your business and what you're doing to help your community they're really receptive to these kind of stories so if you're interested in learning more about that and what you need to do then if you go back to the episode that i did on how to pitch a story about coronavirus that will help you anyway i digress uh, what will help you retain clients and win new ones in the future is keeping in touch with people who've used your services and who will need you to help them in the future. But as I said earlier, knowing what to say can feel daunting, particularly when you might be facing another 10 weeks without seeing people face to face. So what can you do? How can you get around that? And how can you stay in touch with people without feeling that you're in their face or you're being insensitive or you're being um, you know, pushy or selly? So one of the clients that I spoke to earlier this week, um, she works with a lot of dog-friendly travel, um, dog-friendly cottages, dog-friendly hotels, um, lots of people in the in the dog in the pet travel industry. And she was talking about how she was concerned about speaking to her clients um, because they won't be able to have their dog-friendly cottages open or have their hotels open. We can't travel here in the UK at the moment. Um, and she, um, some of her clients pay a certain amount every month. And she was concerned about approaching them because they're, you know, they're, they're struggling right now. Um, so what we did, we we have like a support group um, for the people who've done a publicity course, and we meet every month and we have a we have a call, um, and we all kind of had a bit of a chat about this. And we were saying that actually, this lady, she's she has a really really supportive, um, she runs a really supportive business. She gives so much to her clients. She really helps them um, promote what they do and she offers a fantastic service that's so reasonable as well. Um, and actually, when we come out of this, people are going to want to go on holiday with their dogs. People aren't going to want to go on holiday abroad so much. We don't know what, you know, we don't know what this is going to do to the travel industry. Um, people are people will have been at home for a long time. They will have been in their own houses for a long time, of course. And they are going to want to go out into the country. They're going to want maybe go to the coast and they're going to want to spend that time with their dogs. So actually pet friendly travel i think it's going to be it's going to see you know a massive surge in interest and um it's really going to thrive when we come out of this i know i cannot wait to go and get me patch and tommy on a dog friendly holiday when we're allowed out again so actually although it's really difficult for the travel industry right now it will pick up and people will want to go on holiday um so we were talking about getting back in touch with those clients um, and offering support um, and just saying, you know, how are you? Where are you at? What can you do? And that's what kind of prompted me to create this episode, really, because I thought there's really there is four stages that we're going to go through over the next few months when it comes to getting in touch with our clients. So I think now is really the time to get creative with your content and let people into your world and let people see who you are and what you stand for and really show off your personality. So I think the first stage to go through when we are looking at communicating with our clients, and if we go right back to when this first started and when we were faced with closing our businesses, is relating to them. So when, when, um, it was, when we first, when coronavirus really was, um, you know, obviously we were realising the huge global impact and the devastation this would cause. Um, so that was like three three say two and a half three weeks ago um myself and Alison a lady from House of Henry we, we were talking about um you know what pet businesses need to do and we talked about statements that they might need to put on their websites and on their social media and how to put those together and I actually did a class with Alison 
who created some templates for me where I explained how people could put together a statement about what they were doing and the key points that customers needed to know about the steps that they were taking um, in light of this pandemic. So those statements helped a lot of businesses who were struggling to know what to say. Um, so it talked about, you know, the steps that they were taking with the clients, um, you know, the, the hygiene measures they were taking, um, you know, how it was affecting the business, how to get in touch with them, um, and, you know, how they were reacting and responding to this day by day. Um, but also, you know, I actually encouraged the people on that call um, and in that coaching session, in that coaching session even, um, to really relate to their clients as well and to share their own experience. So the first stage that I would um, urge people to consider when they're looking at their communications is to relate to people and to be real um, and to let people into you and your world um, and you know how this is how this is impacting on you and to have that empathy really so share your own experience and share how it's how it's you know how it's impacting on you and your family and your pets um, and you you know you personally and you emotionally so you relate to what they're going through by expressing you know how it how how you're you know, how you're responding to this crisis um, and how it's impacting on your world. So in that initial statement, we told people to explain what steps they're taking, explain what is going on in the world and explain how, you know, how that is impacting on their business because your clients do need to know that. They need to know, um, you know, if you're serving them, they need to know how that impacts on you. So that's the first first stage. You relate to people. You talk about what's happening. You talk about how, it, you know, how, what, how that's relating to what you do and how you serve them. So then the next stage that I think we need to look at is reflecting. So this happened, you know, this all happened kind of quite naturally when, you know, as as the government was responding to what was happening in this pandemic and the implications of this on us all, and when we were getting closer and closer to be being told that we were going to go into lockdown and that we wouldn't be able to go out and that we would you know, that many people would have to close the businesses and um, that it would only be key workers and people who had to go to work in a particular environment who were going to be able to go into their offices, that many of us were going to have to work from home. So we then, we, we then reflect. So by reflect, we, um, you know, we get into conversations with, with people and we ask how they are. So we reflect on what's happening and we go back out to our clients and we say, okay, this is where we're at. How are you? So at this moment in time, um, most pet businesses have closed their businesses. So groomers, trainers, walkers, pet boarders. Um, so we're reflecting on this. We're reflecting that we've closed. And particularly, so let's say if you were a trainer um, and you've been working with a client who maybe has a barking dog or a anxious dog, it's absolutely okay to get in touch with them and ask how their pet is and to see how they're getting on. Um, you can ask about how the changing routine is affecting them. You can say that you know you're missing them. That's absolutely fine. If you're a dog walker and you're missing working with them, that's absolutely fine. You can ask um, if they're enjoying spending more time with their pet. You can ask if they've been doing any extra training um, and maybe if they've noticed any funny quirks or habits now that they're at home with you know with the pet, so so they're having more time with them. So you can do all of those things, um, and then you're just kind of keeping that keeping that line of communication open aren't you so an example of this that I wanted to share with you is um, I'm in a coaching group with a lady called Deborah Deborah is a burnout coach um, so she doesn't work in the pet industry but just before um, just before coronavirus came 
over here um, and we went into this situation she she had a puppy um, and she was having training sessions with a puppy so she um she was obviously she was like on a program where she was seeing the puppy trainer regularly and it was one-to-one so the puppy trainer um she kind of did that first step she did that relating thing where she shared the experience she basically said we're in lockdown and um, it means that i'm gonna have, gonna have to close my business um, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry about this step but it means that i'm not going to be able to um i'm not going to be able to to continue with our classes so she reflect so then obviously as the puppy trainer saying you know this is this is what's happening um you know how are you deborah i'm so sorry that i can't support you anymore but this is where i'm at i can't actually continue with the classes and um, deborah actually turned around and said well you know i i understand and i know it's a really difficult time but you know i feel that that what i'm getting here what i'm learning with you what we're working on here um is really helping me it's really helping my dog i'm getting real value from it and do you know you know that we can we can we continue can we continue this virtually and she went ahead and did that and it's ended up you know this lady who's doing the training with deborah has been able to um you know provide a virtual service and add that service to um you know to the services that she offers and it's also obviously kept her going in a really difficult time as well and brought some money in so she related and then she reflected and then it's actually turned into a really positive situation because she's able to continue working with that client. So the next stage following on from that is to respond. So you can respond or maybe you can react um, and you can look at what you can do to support them. So like Deborah with the trainer, the example that I've just given you, Deborah's trainer had reflected and thought, actually, I can't carry on. I can't continue to support um, my clients because I can't go and see them face to face. But I, what, actually, what actually happened was she got a resolution there as well. Deborah offered her a different way of working. So then she was able to respond and put together a different package to support Deborah and her other clients as well, if they're willing to be supported virtually. So you've re related, you've reflected. <clears throat> the next thing to do is to respond. So think, so think about what can you do to support them? So you might want to react or respond um, on the phone, react or respond um, in your emails, or you might do a live. But what I would say is if you can react or respond to them one-to-one -one or, you know, in, as, as close, if you can, if you can have a, as close a connection as possible, that's what I would advise to you. So if you have maybe a group of clients who you see every month or, or something like that, if you can maybe message them all individually, then that's, you know, you're going to have a better outcome from that than if you do, um, you know, a blanket post or email to all of your clients. So if you can have a conversation, if you can get the conversation going and tell them what's going on in your world um, and ask what's going on in their world and then really, really shine in how you respond to that. So think about how what you can do to support them. So let's go back to, you know, the training scenario. If you've got a group of puppies that you're training, they can't come out to your training sessions anymore. What can you do to support them in the interim? So can you, like Deborah's trainer, can you offer virtual training? Can you offer, you know, Zoom calls where you chat with them one-to-one -one, or phone calls where you chat with them one-to-one -one and talk about the problems that they may have? So if, um, you know, if you're having, if you're in that situation where you can, you're able to continue to support somebody, whether it's on Zoom or on phone calls or however, you know, however feels appropriate to you or whatever works for you and that client, how can you how can you really shine in your response? So let's say if you have a call with your puppy training client 
Um, is there a training video you can send them afterwards or any written content that they might find helpful? How can you, you know keep how can you keep doing what you do? How can you keep really supporting that person? So if you've got a lot of clients and you see you you react and respond to what's going on and what they're struggling with, um, and you see themes in their responses, so people come back to you and they and you have a lot of people coming back with a certain thing. So if you're a dog walker, for example, a lot of people might come back and say that they found that their dog is quite restless or that their dog is bored or that their dog is, you know, is quite isn't really enjoying the walk so much or their dog is reacting to other dogs when they're on walks. Is there something that you can do? Is there some is there any way that you can step up and create resources? So either three free resources or paid to support them. So the key thing that we're talking about here is meeting them where they're at. So looking at what they're going through right now, what they're struggling with and respond to them. So as I mentioned, um, I'm over in the UK. I work mostly as a journalist and I'm, I'm just looking at my desk right now. I've got a copy of The Independent in front of me and there is, um, there's something on the front page where it's talking about prepare for a nation of bowl haircuts. So I don't know if you're, I don't know how old you are if you're listening, but I am, I'm in my 40s. So in the 1980s everybody used to have bowl haircuts and it literally looked like someone had put a bowl on their head and then cut around the bowl um, and that's what we're kind of preparing for so there's lots of humor around people having haircuts going back to the 80s um so w- when i saw this i thought actually this is kind of we're going to have the same thing when it comes to um dog grooming as well so i've just talked about dog training and dog walking there but also dog grooming how can you um, react to the things that people are going to be experiencing when it comes to grooming their dogs. So I had a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who's got a cockapoo um, and she was, I know we've got a far bigger, um, we've got some really big things to worry about at the moment, but her dog was booked in for a groom just before we went into lockdown and her groomer got in touch with her and said, actually, we're going to have to cancel because I'm closing. So she was like, oh, okay, well, obviously, you know, I'm sorry that you're having to close, um, but, um, you know, she was thinking, God, crikey my dog's going to be be in a right old mess by the time we get to the end of this 12 weeks so um so when you're reacting and responding you're going to be thinking about your clients and thinking about the problems that they're going to be facing so for example Alison the lady that I'm talking about there her dog is going to be she's going to be facing a really um a really scruffy cockapoo and there's going to be there's going to be lots of home haircuts going on I spoke to another lady who's got a spaniel and she just bought some clippers and she's going to uh, get to work on her spaniel so it'd be interesting to see what people come up with um, but you can actually react to that and you can react to the fact that you're seeing clients saying, if you're a groomer, you're seeing clients saying they're really worried about having to cut their own dog's hair and you can create resources or you can create challenges or you can create maybe um, a grooming PDF or an ebook or something that will help them through this, this trying time. Um, I'm going to talk about a lady called Anna Pollard who runs the dog house in Leicester and she's a dog groomer and she's just done this brilliant um series this week she's doing a grooming challenge where she's talking about a different aspect of grooming every day so on Monday she was talking about how to brush your dog Uh, yesterday she was talking about um, how to get your dog used to being on the grooming table so Anna is sending out emails to all the people who are involved in the challenge and she's also doing a Facebook live where she talks about each each aspect so it's been really really helpful so while um, the human we're seeing lots of human memes and lots of posts about you know 80s haircuts and how crazy all of our hair is going to look Anna is responding and she's saying actually yep we know that your dog um, is going to be a little bit bedraggled 
um, and not their usual well-groomed self but this is what you can do at home this is how you can help them this is how you can keep them keep them in shape so she's done a brilliant job of reacting and responding to what her customers are going to be struggling with right now so what you do then when you've worked out what it is that your customers are struggling with is that you can create content that really resonates with them so if you're thinking okay um you know we're going to write something we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to talk about relating to people we're going to talk about reflecting on what's going on we're going to talk about responding um that that can all sound quite heavy and quite labor intensive so if you're doing you know posts about how to groom your dog or posts about how to train or you're making videos about how to um how to help your dog through um you know if they're suffering with boredom or you know how to help your cat if you're spending too much time at home and and they're being driven mad by you and that sounds quite labor intensive but another thing that you can do um, is you can curate content as well and you can curate content or create content that really resonates with your clients at the stage that they're at now so for example um, I've just been talking about the 80s bowl haircuts Um, so you could actually you know if you've got a Facebook page where you where you connect with your audience and your clients then you can share you know you can maybe share some fun content about 80s haircuts um, and compare them to dogs or you could maybe ask your um, clients to send in send photos to you or tag you in photos of um, you know their haircuts that they've done for their dogs and you can compare um, what what their dog looks like when you groom them to what they look like when they've been groomed at home so you can create some really great fun content actually to keep in touch with people um, about you know how how they're coping at home and um, so I think that could be a really good one for the groomers um, you could really have some fun there you could um, turn it into video you could turn it into blog content you can use it as social media you can use it for your email letter um, and you can use it um, you know you can use it to prompt lives you can do all kinds of different things really to stay connected with people because that's what's really important so like I say we're potentially facing another 11 weeks of this as I'm recording this so staying in contact is really important and the more creative you can be around the ways that you stay in contact the way the ways that you stay in contact um, the better it will be when you come out of the other side so the final stage is preparing so what are you going to do when things return to normal or whatever the new normal is so by this I mean um, how can you anticipate now what you think you're going to be facing when we go back to when we all go back to work and when people when the roads are busy again and when people are going back to their office and people need to go and have their pets um, cared for the daycares are open the walk is about working you're allowed to train again you're allowed to sit people's pets you're allowed to go on cat visits and so on so where are we going to be right there where, where are we going to be in 12 weeks time well, I don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately, um, at this time. I have even thought, actually, of getting in touch with a clairvoyant who I used to speak to, but um, it just seems it's probably not the best idea. But anyway, um, I have considered that, but it would be we, we can't predict what's going to happen in 12 weeks' time. But what you can do is, if you're staying in touch with your clients and you're listening and you're helping and you're reacting and you're reflecting and you're relating and you're creating things that resonate with them and they're talking back to you, is you can look at, you can actually get feedback and think about what it is that you're going to have to deal with at the end of this. So yesterday I shared a post that I saw on LinkedIn. It was a, it was um, written by a lady who had a dog. Um, and when she first had a dog and she used to go to work, her dog had separation anxiety um, and she had a behaviourist out and the, the, the dog was behaving in a certain way. Um, and the behaviourist um, said, actually, yeah, the reason why your dog's behaving like this is because they've got separation anxiety. 
So she then obviously created a, um, some some support for her to help the dog overcome separation anxiety. But on this LinkedIn post, this lady was talking about how she fears that a dog will have separation anxiety again. Um, so we shared this post and a lot of trainers responded and said, actually, yeah, this is something that we are going to be facing. So actually what they can do now is talk about, um, you know, they can create support for their clients around separation anxiety. So think about the things that your clients are going to be facing when they come out of this. Um, so if you're a trainer, it might be separation anxiety. If you're a walker, it might be that, that you know, dogs aren't being as well behaved as they were on walks as they as you know, they were 12 weeks ago because they were going on walks with you um, and they were getting training worked into those walks. They were, you know, it was it might have been a more entertaining and fulfilling experience and being stuck at home with the, their humans all day. So think about how you can prepare for when things go back to normal. What can you do? Um, are there going to be any changes in your business? Um, are you going to be offering any different products or services? So as well as preparing and anticipating what you're going to be dealing with, um, so you know crazy haircuts and 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 pets who might have a few a few things going on in their heads that they didn't have twelve weeks ago. Um, think about the things that you will have learned and you will have picked up, um, and things that you're going to change in your business moving forward as well. So you might have, you know, one of the ladies I've been speaking to, Harriet, she's doing loads of training while she's off doing loads and loads of learning. Um, so she's going to go back and she's going to have so many more skills. It's going to be fantastic. So she's actually probably going to be able to offer more packages um, and maybe work some training into, what, into um, you know, the services that she offers. So think about what you're going to be doing when you go back. I know it seems a long way away. 12 weeks seems a long, long way away. But think about what you will be offering to people. Um, what can clients look forward to and what can their pets look forward to? Um, and think about how your business will change due to lockdown as well. Um, so the message that I want to leave, um, in fact, I'm just going to quickly recap. So the key things, um, and these are what I'm going to be talking about when I do this program. Um, we're going to look at a different thing every week, probably. But we're going to look at the four different key, um, key pieces of content that we should be creating, I feel, right now. So they are things that people can relate to. Um, and people relating to your experience, reflecting on where your clients are right now, um, then responding and looking at ways that you can help them and having, you know, creating content that resonates as well. And then finally preparing. So thinking about what you're going to do when you go back. And you can be talking about what you're going to do when you go back all of the time. You can be sounding ideas off people, actually. Um, and I think that would be really helpful if you're thinking about creating a new program or doing something different on your walks or at your daycare centre or anything like that. If you're learning new things, you can actually run these by your clients and your audience um, and see what their response is and then build on it from there. So actually do lots of research right now that's going to be really helpful for when you return to business. So that's me recapping on what we've talked about here. And that's what we're going to be talking about on the programme. Um, but what I wanted to do was finish on a bit of a high note, really. So I wanted to talk to you about something um, that I was writing yesterday. Um, and it was a feature that I'm doing about people who have failed fosters so people who foster dogs for a rescue but then they decide to keep them so I spoke to two people yesterday and they both had really lovely stories so um one both of the dogs are from a rescue center called dogs for rescue over in Manchester which is where I used to live um, and one lady um, is rescuing a Bulgaria a dog who's come from Bulgaria um and she is she's already got a little mini schnauzer and she's rescuing um, another dog who's come over from Bulgaria, who's called Winnie. Um, so there's Winnie and 
Winnie is a um, she looks like a beagle. She's a she's a crossbreed, um, and she's now living with a dog called Helga, who is a little mini schnauzer. And this we were chatting about you know what what life is like. She's brought this dog into her home. She's absolutely over the moon with her um, little Winnie's doing really well. She's really happy with Helga. She sent me all these gorgeous pictures of them cuddled up in bed and they're just having such a lovely time. And it's fantastic knowing that this dog is going to have a lovely, lovely life. But she said, you know, um, I went to Pets at Home the other day and um, I wanted to get them matching um, matching harnesses and collars. And I was like, do you know what? I've been listening and, and, and watching people talk about potentially closing down their businesses where they're making products for pet owners because they're thinking, you know, is it is it right to be selling? Am I going to have any, you know, am I going to have any clients? Should I shut up shop? People aren't going to be, I feel bad about asking people, um, you know, to buy my products right now. And that, that kind of said to me, no, don't, don't stop. People are still buying. People will still buy things for their pets. Um, and thinking about little Winnie and Helga in the matching, matching harnesses just really, really warmed my heart because, you know, I want to say to the product makers who are thinking, actually, should I be, should I carry on? Yes, absolutely, you should carry on because people are still looking for lovely things for their pets. Um, so, you know, don't feel like you have to stop. And definitely, if you do decide that you are going to close, do stay in touch. Do keep do keep in touch with your clients, um, your customers, people who've bought from you. Do send them newsletters. Don't worry about... Um, there's nothing wrong with sending a newsletter out to people who've bought from you. I get lots, you know, I've bought lots of pet products over the years, as you can imagine, and I would never be, um, you know, never be offended if any of them sent me um, a newsletter as long as it's written sensitively. Um, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely fine with people sending me updates about what's going on in the business and any new products or services that they might have created. Um, so the other the other story that I had was about another guy who um, has adopted another dog from Dogs for Rescue. And he's already got one dog Um but he's, he lives on his own um, and him and his girlfriend, they've had to go and lock down in their respective houses so they're not seeing each other for all this time. So he's got one dog and he decided to foster another dog from Dogs for Rescue who was really timid and she was a she was a Romanian rescue um, and she was so timid, she was really scared, she can't go on a lead at the moment um, and she's, you know, she's able to go out into the garden and stuff but she can't go on a lead um, and he's slowly building her up building her confidence and getting her used to living in a house. Anyway, he's going to go back to work. He works in IT, so he um, he will be sending his his own dog to daycare and it looks like he's going to adopt this lovely dog called Florence. So she'll be going to daycare as well. So you just don't know what's going on in people's worlds. Um, and if if we kind of try and imagine what this... Um, his name's Darren, the guy who I interviewed. If we imagine the people who are running Darren's daycare centre... Um, if they're keeping in touch with him and he says, actually, not only am I bringing um, Eric, my normal dog, to daycare, we have another one. I mean, it's just a fantastic, heartwarming story that he's brought this, you know, he's giving a home, potentially giving a home to this dog. But also the fact that actually people are, there's lots of um, lots of evidence out there that people are actually getting dogs at the moment. Um, I read in the paper about one of the journalists in the paper actually was talking about how he got a puppy um, in lockdown. He was probably he was actually going to get the puppy anyway but people are getting dogs in lockdown people are supporting rescues by going out and, and fostering dogs and they're ending up being failed fosters and they're keeping them so when we come out of this people are getting dogs okay some dogs are going to be abandoned as well because of the financial implications of lockdown but people are getting dogs and people are always going to need people to care for them and they're always going to want to buy things for them i know i've said this before but people just don't 
tend to see the price tag when it comes to spending money on their dog. So I hope that's left you with a message of hope about the future. It feels like sometimes, you know, I, I feel um, I go and do a lot of Facebook lives in my group um, and I always try to be hopeful and to be positive. And sometimes I think, oh, gosh, is this really annoying? Um, but I also think it would be wrong for me to turn up and talk on a podcast or talk on a Facebook live and be doom and gloom as well, wouldn't it? Because that's not really helping anyone. But I just wanted to give you some evidence there. So some hard evidence of the fact that people are people do need dog trainers to support them online. People do need um, support with grooming and knowing what to do when it comes to tidying up their dog. People are buying pet products and people are adopting dogs and they are going to need support when we come out of this. So I hope that will give you some hope. A um, bit of repetition there. Um, I'm going to wrap things up now, but if you are interested in the support programme that I'm offering, it's open until Friday, so the end of uh, Friday the 2nd of April. Um, so I'm closing it quite quickly. It's going on for four weeks. I think I'm doing it this way because I think people need support now. I don't want to um, kind of open it for longer than that because I just want to get cracking really. So if you'd like to um, have some support for me, it's £33 per month over three months. And I will put the link in the show notes to this episode. And finally, if you have found this podcast helpful, um, I would absolutely love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes or on whatever um, platform you listen to this podcast on. So iTunes, Spotify, um, and as you know, I'm quite new to this, So, but the, there are others, obviously. But if you could leave me a review on iTunes, I'll be so grateful. Um, I hope you're keeping well and I will look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.